name of the Lord. Our God is good. One of these days, we're going to hear that song for real. And the dead in Christ are going to rise first, and we're going to rise up in the sky to be with Him forever and ever. Amen? One of these days. Well, I can't get ready enough for that. And I can't warn you enough to start getting ready for that. Have you been looking at the signs of the time? Have you been watching them? Are you praying? I don't know about you, but I find myself at nighttime as I get on my knees, start praying, I just start looking up saying, Lord, I know you're coming. It just can't get any worse. But you know what? You know what? Also, part of my heart says, Lord, hold off one more day. I got loved ones that need Jesus. I got friends that need Jesus. I got neighbors that need Jesus. And if you're feeling like I'm feeling, then we need to start winning them and reaching them right now. Amen? Let's get to them. Let's start getting to them. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome to Baptist Church. This is the day the Lord has made. We should rejoice and be glad in it. Well, my goodness, what's happening today? Other than your Houston Astros are World Series champions. <laughs> now, somebody owes me five dollars to say that. I'm just saying, I do do public announcements on occasion for money now. <laughs> Our God is good. And He is here today. Even though you may not be here with us, we're a little down in the sanctuary. But you know what? If you're joining us online, you're still welcome here. If you're visiting with us this morning, you're very welcome here. We're going to ask you to take the time to fill out a little visitor card you'll find in front of you. Place an office place. We come around so we can have a your visit. We would greatly appreciate that. Like I said, if you're joining us online, we encourage you to join us in person here in the sanctuary today. There's such a difference between watching it online and experiencing it here in the house of God. So come and be a part of that and find out what God is doing and how you can get plugged in and involved in what God is doing in RABC. Well, what's happening today? Well, of course, after services today, we'll be getting ready for our evening service. We have a very special evening service. The Operation Sister Child Packing Party. With that being said, I'm going to ask Sister DJ to come on up and share with us a little bit about that.
you didn't get the important part, bring your dessert tonight to the Presbyterian kitchen. Or I will help you eat it, praise God. Also, get ready to pack the two boxes. Uh, I want to share something from my heart. Um, the first time I asked, I've ever did that, I feel like I've ever done it. I've been a part of churches that they pack two boxes and bring them out to other churches and they collect the things and uh, drop off points and things like that. We, we've done that in every church I ever had. This is the first church that ever became a collection church. And I was touched by that, moved by that. I thought, hey, this is going to be something new to be a part of. And I remember watching it happen and I was impressed with how uh, smoothly it flowed. And now that I said that, something's going to happen, you know. But uh, sitting back there in that fellowship hall, packing this box, I'm going to pack 12 or 15 every year, maybe more. Uh, but the first time I picked up, Put it in that shoebox. And I thought to myself, this would be the only clean pair that I could have. And it may be the only pair that I could have get. I was touched. I want to ask you, come into your heart tonight. Experience what God is doing. Sometimes we forget how blessed we are here. Our water turns on at the drop of a hat. Our heat temperature turns on at our wit. Yet, the rest of the world is waiting for us to sin. Something so insignificant of an undergarment for the truth. If you're like me, you open up your doors and it's tough. Some you have your doors, some you may not be able to see if you want. My heart is touched. Some of you are part of that. All right, for those of you that were a part of our talk, Thank you for what you did with us at the West Side Baptist Church yesterday. Uh, thank you for our outreach and the community in there. What was Talk Turkey? Talk Turkey was when we got together and we pledged to give 30 Thanksgiving dinners. Uh, usually it takes us a week or two to do that. It was completed yesterday. We had 30 takers. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord. Those of you that got out and with me went door to door, knocking on those doors and those uh, hard up neighborhoods. God blessed you. And it was a lot of fun, I think. We might have came in dragging our heels, but we all left Christmas, if you know what I mean. It was a blessing. It was a lot of fun. There was only one injury, and that happened to Pastor. And so I'm waiting for my Purple Heart to be awarded. <laughs> Pray for me, y'all. I hammed it up as best as I could. So, uh, but a uh, couple of things that are coming up you need to be aware of. Of course, choir practice, Dakota practice, we'll have to stay at 430. Well, it'll be in the sanctuary yet, or we still have next door. We'll be in the choir room next door 4.30. So get ready for that. I want to remind you that we have an ugly sweater contest coming up in December on the 9th. So uh, you want to plan to be a part of that as well. It's going to be a Friday from 5 to 8. Uh, also, we'll be doing our traditional cookies and cookie exchange in there. So come and be a part of that as well. The youth group is getting ready to leave out on Thursday. We'll leave Thursday evening. Uh, we're going to meet in the parking lot about 5.45. We'll have a word of prayer. And we'll be taking off to the Tri-Rivers Baptist Retreat Center in the Hamilton area, just outside of Heiko, uh, where we'll spend Thursday night, Friday night, and most Saturday, the returning Saturday evening, should be back about 6 p.m. We're going to have a fun-filled time with each other, building uh, leadership activities, group-building activities, and, of course, uh, we're going to have a lot of other neat and biblical and spiritual activities as well. 
So please be in prayer for them. And if you've got a youth, you should be thanking God. You've been with them for a day or two. Amen? So that's going to happen on Thursday. Be in prayer for us in that. While we're at it, we are looking for someone who God called to step up and be a part of our youth group. We're also looking for some help in our buildings and grounds area as well. So be in prayer about that as well. So carefully consider helping us in those areas. I think that's about it for our major announcement. Uh, next week on Sunday, we'll be having our ministry meeting on the 13th. Uh, don't forget our OCC collection week coming up, 14th through the 21st. And I think that's about it for those who may be going to this coming up. Unless I've forgotten something, have I? If not, let's close in the word of God. That, that one hour falling back has gotten me. So, it got me. So some of you some of you are coming here. Like someone sent me a message said, Pastor, don't forget to set your clock back. You don't want to be late for church. And I was like, I'm here early for church. Some of us need to leave our clock set where they are so we can get here on time. All right. But as you know, um, I've just had a lot of things happen in this past couple of weeks. So we have for me and for my family. I have to cover some bad situations in our house where mom went on to be with Jesus. So it was time of rejoicing, but still a time of sorrow as well. So we are recovering. All right. Oh, oh, one more announcement. We said this Tuesday. So Tuesday, the office will be open, but it will be closed for a short period of time as Monica and I will go off to the Southern Baptist Church of Texas and the Thanksgiving meeting. We'll be in Temple for a few hours. If you drive by on Tuesday, say, how come the office is closed? Well, that's why. It's because we will be having a Thanksgiving style dinner at the Cotton Pack, uh, courtesy of the Southern Baptist Church of Texas Association. So Monica will be joining us there. That's All right, unless there's any other announcements, let's open with a word of prayer. And as we do that, we can please rise and welcome one another. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for our church being in the house this morning. As we get ready to worship you, I pray the Spirit will fall, Lord, like rain. We just have touch each and every one of our hearts, Lord. And if there be anyone who needs to come to know you personally, Lord, if they need anyone, Father, that needs to depart right with you. Or anyone, Lord God, who is just in bondage. So we let's say to you today that there is redemption, that there is a breakthrough. I pray, Lord, that not only would they be broke through today, but they would turn to you, Lord, and they would find that life they've been looking for. I also pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you be with those that are out traveling, those who are sick this morning, keep them safe, bring them safely back to us, heal them, Lord God, let them know that they're loved and they're prayed for, and we give you the praise and honor and glory. Amen. So please rise and welcome one another.
every child who receives an Operation Christmas Child shoebox is unique and special. And that's why we think every gift that's packed should also be unique and special. When you choose to fill a shoebox with fun, high-quality items, you're sharing love with the child in a very tangible way. And you're making it possible for them to hear about the greatest gift of all, the gospel message of Jesus Christ. So, whether you're packing one shoebox as a family or throwing a party to pack hundreds of shoeboxes as a group, here are some practical tips to make sure each gift is packed with love and care. A great shoebox starts with a high-quality wow item, like a soccer ball and a pump, a stuffed animal or a doll. It's that one special toy that will really make their eyes light up. Then, surround that wow item with other quality toys that a child would love. Items like musical instruments, finger puppets, toy cars, all make a shoebox gift special. Next is school supplies and personal care items. Many children don't have access to combs, toothbrushes, or school supplies like pencils or crayons and notebooks. So while we like to talk about making the box fun, adding some of these items can make a shoebox even more practical. While anonymous gifts are nice, knowing who sent them can make a gift extra special. That's why every child loves to receive a personal message or a photo from you. They really do. Your personal note tells that child that they are important to you and to God. They will cherish your photos and letters for years. And to wrap it all up, pray over your shoebox. Every shoebox gift is a unique gospel opportunity. So pray that your shoebox arrives in the hands of the right child. And pray that God will use your shoebox gift and the gospel message to help that child become a fully devoted disciple of Jesus Christ. Every single shoebox is important because every single child is important. So I hope you find these tips useful. Please do all you can to build unique and special shoebox gifts because together we are using those gifts to reach the unreached and to expand the kingdom of God. Now it's time to get packing because it's never too early.
don't have to have a special after that, do we? So blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, you know what? Today's a good day not to have a special. Something special is about to happen. Somebody came up and told me today that somebody in our church is celebrating their 50th birthday. So I'd like to turn your attention, please, to Dr. Ryan Hart. I'm looking for the sound right there. And let's say happy birthday to him. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for Dr. Ryan Hart. I'm going to ask Brother Mark, would you sing us uh, a, a verse or two of happy birthday? Oh, three. It is so good to see every one of you this morning. I know that many of you are out traveling. If you're watching online, let me say hello to you. Some of you are not feeling well. If you're watching online, I want to say good morning to you as well. I've missed every one of you through the past couple of weeks. It's been one of those months or beginning of months now where uh, every house is starting to feel a little bit sick here, a little bit tired of death. And of course, when the time change came this morning, most of the states, wow! It disappeared. Somebody stole it. Is there a commandment in the Bible about that? That there is, incidentally. Thou shalt not steal. Incidentally, thou shalt not lie is one of those as well. So you want to reach out to the government sometimes and say, quit covering for the next hour. Wait out. Problem-solving Christians. They're ones that can face the world. They're ones. 
They can face an evil, tyrannical government. They're ones that can face religious persecutions. Why? Because greater Jesus in you is Jesus in the world. Scriptures need to get back to that truth. Nowadays, we don't say greater is Jesus in me. We say greater is the best entertainment in church. We want an entertaining preacher. We want an entertaining music worship service. We want to be entertained when really we need to be edified. Amen. Peter and John had the hold of that spirit. Greater is Jesus in me than Jesus in the world. And I wonder sometimes where John learned that teaching. This is John. He wrote for John. That John was in jail that day. And he began to understand, hey, there's somebody greater in me than he who's in this world. And we let he who's in this world dictate to us what we're going to do. Well, really, we need to be letting he who's in us dictate to who's in the world what's going to happen. Amen? We need to let the Holy Spirit lead. We need to let God's Word dictate what happens. And instead, we let the world say, well, this is how I want it. Remember now, the Sanhedrin had put them in jail for preaching. Peter and John were preaching in the temple. Boy, I get excited about that. They were preaching to religious people. Nothing like a bunch of religious people to put somebody in jail. Don't do that. That means amen in the Baptist church. If you're not an ameniter, I'm going to teach you some Baptist sign language this morning. That means amen. Acts chapter 4, we read how Peter and John learned that perseverance is instrumental in becoming church triumphant. We learned that Christians who believe Hades is in me come together in his name. And when they come together in his name, they agree in prayer and call upon his name. In fact, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, there shall he be with them. In fact, we read in the scriptures where two or three agree of, on anything in this world according to his name, it will be done for them. Those are those Christians who believe greater Jesus in me than Jesus in this world. And they start becoming the church triumphant. And that's the church that the gates of hell will not prevail again. Peter and John persevered. We read that story. They went to jail. They persevered. There was no whining in them. There was no complaining in them. There was no, look at me, I'm a Christian. That's a new angled idea making its way in the church. Look at how Christian I am. How new is that? That's really not new at all, is it? Look at how Christian I am. Look at how persecuted I am. Look at me persevering. That's not perseverance. That's just how great I am. And when we exalt ourselves, God has a way of humbling us, doesn't it? No! They persevered and came through. I love that first story. First time the church has received that kind of persecution. Peter and John put in jail. They persevered. No whining, no complaining, no nothing. As far as it was over negative. Not anything. Not one thing. In the morning, the doors open. They walk right out. Right? They step out victorious, triumphant, with a brand new powerful faith that says, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. The most they can do is put me in jail. I got an eternal No whining, complaining, no, look at me, I'm persecuted Christian. No, they persevered and they came through. We need to begin to see that we persevered. Nowadays, what keeps us from the church triumphant? It amazes me in 30 years of pastoring 
how many different complaints I've heard about going to church. I'm going to share with you a few of them right now. And I hope they put a smile on your face, even though it really wasn't intended to put a smile on your face. It really made you I've had people say, Pastor, it's too cold to go to church. I've had people say, Pastor, it's too hot to go to church. I've had people say, we need rain. I'm not going to church. And I've had people say, I ain't going to the rain. I've had people say, it's my birthday, I'm not going. And I've had people say, it's Christmas, I'm not going. I've had people say, I don't want to be there with a bunch of Christians that are judging me. And I ask, what are you doing? They're like, well, I'm not judging We're going to be in the church. The gates of hell will not prevail again. So we have to start persevering. Last week, however, we began looking at Peter. Peter alone, and the Lord's kind of interested how the crowd started getting smaller, the closer to get to Last week, we looked at Peter, and we read in Acts chapter 12 how Peter was nabbed by Herod and was on the verge of execution. In fact, James, who was John's brother, had recently been executed. Peter took into practice what he'd always learned, and he began to persevere. In fact, he persevered so good, he did what? He fell asleep. And that's a serious bad perseverance right there. We saw how the church triumphant began to pray for Peter. Remember now, all they knew how to do was to persevere. That's all they had experienced so far. They had learned, persevered, blocked them, began praying for Peter. All they knew how to do was persevere, but the church that was outside looking at Peter in prison, knowing that Herod was about to execute Peter, began, the Bible says, to pray without stopping. Peter doesn't know what's happening. Peter doesn't know what's going on. Peter's doing what he knows how to do. And what is that? That's persevere. In fact, he perseveres so well that he falls asleep. That's a serious perseverance. Church begins to pray, and let me tell you, when you put perseverance and prayer together, you gotta get religious. The church learned from that experience. Peter did his Christian responsibility, he persevered, and the church did their Christian responsibility, they prayed. And together, prayer and together, perseverance equals religion. I think it's amazing. Peter and John persevered, and they got let out. There was an end to the situation. Peter persevered in the church prayed, and the angel walked him through the door. Church learned. They learned from those experience. Now remember, the church is doing the praying, and Peter's doing the soothing. Peter shows up at the church, and the saints can't believe it. Do you remember that? In last week's sermon, he shows up at the door, and they're like, no, nah, that's not Peter. That's got to be his angel. That's a definite of the battle. They can't believe it. Peter learned that perseverance brought the end to the situation. But the church had just learned that prayer opened gates. You might be sitting here this morning and you're still going to turn it down. You might be sitting here this morning saying, Pastor, I need some perseverance. Yes, you need to You need to persevere. Not persevering, get the church to pray and say, How come nothing's happening? 
because you ain't doing your part. Sometimes we persevere and church ain't praying and ain't nothing happening. Why? Because the church ain't doing their part. Let me tell you, when the church prays, not one gate will prevail. Jesus tells us that. When the church triumphant is together in His name, not one gate of hell will ever, ever prevail against this church. And I love how the angel walked Peter through those gates. They opened at his very presence. As he walks up, those gates open all the way to the outside gate. And what's more, as they close behind him. So when the Christian endures the perseverance and when the church claims, not even a hell will ever be. Perseverance in prayer. That can wake up even sleeping Peter. Begin with me in First John three four. That was our key verse of chapter three. First four says, "You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because He is in you, the greater He is in the world." That's our token scripture. That's the scripture we need to put to work in our lives. That's the truth we need to grab a hold of. We need to begin believing it. We need to begin receiving it. We need to begin proclaiming it wherever we go. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. I love that scripture, and I love what it means. If you've got the Holy Ghost inside of you, then greater is he that's inside of you than anybody that's in this world. And that includes the president, that includes any government, that includes any gates of hell, and that includes anything. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. We need to put that back to work in our lives. One of these days when we get to heaven, I firmly believe every Christian is going to grab a hold of themselves and slap themselves and say, I can't believe the amount of firepower that was inside of me. That I refuse to believe, that I refuse to use, that I refuse to put the work in my life. Greater is he that's in you. You've got the power to tell the devil, get me behind me. Go on, get back in second place where you belong, because God is in number one. We also learn in our token verse, Matthew 16, 18. He's speaking to Peter, and I think it's phenomenal that we see Peter in the first two jail episodes, if you will. Peter and John in the first one, and they persevere. Peter in, or just Peter in the second one, and the church prays, and the gates do not prevail. Look at me in verse 18, Matthew 16. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my Gates. Now the Hebrew gates don't say Hades here, but the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against. So let's begin our final sermon in this series called "Greater Is He." Part three. Praying. We've learned about perseverance that individual Christians need to persevere. We've learned about prayer that the church needs to come together, start agreeing. Start praying and watch what God does. If the first one can bring an end to situations, if the second one can open any gate, can you imagine what the third one's going to do? Let's begin this morning. Look at me in Acts chapter 16. Get ready now. Buckle up your seatbelts because I'm going to preach myself happy this morning. Acts 16, 19 to 33 here. Let's pray together. Father, come to now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God, for your word. And as we conclude our sermon series this morning, Lord, 
on greater seed that's in me. I pray, Lord God, that there would be none in this church who can't say the Holy Spirit lives in me. It's my prayer, Lord God, that each and every one will come to know you as personal Lord and Savior. And if there be anybody, Father God, that needs to surrender to you, would you let save you that day? Speak to us. Teach us. Edify us. Equip us. Encourage us, Lord God.
That doesn't mean it's going to be one day. It could be two days. It could be six weeks. It could be six months. It could be six years. But we need to pick up where Peter left off and start persevering. Some of us have forgotten that that is a Christian duty to persevere. We're supposed to persevere when the rest of the world starts quitting. Christians don't quit. We get going. Amen? We don't stop preaching. We don't stop praying. We don't stop proclaiming. No matter what the world says, we persevere and we push on. And when we get ourselves into a sticky situation where the world has come against us, we continue persevering because we know we've got the church outside praying for us. And when the church is praying and agreeing and we're persevering, then there's no doubt what God is going to do. God's going to open every gate, every door, every way, and take us. Why? Because His Word says the gates of hell will not prevail against Christians. Now, did you catch verse 25, though? Did you catch that? See, we began with perseverance. We ended up in prayer, and today we're looking at something else. Verse 25. At midnight, let me give you a little fresh of that. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Well, you know, they know how to do that. They learned about perseverance. They also learned about prayer. And I know you've learned about prayer. If you have been on television, if you've been on social media, somebody pops up and says, let me share with you the power of prayer. And you listen to that for a second, you think, amen, amen. And then you hear they say, if you want to learn more, send me 995. You say, that's, that's not praying, that's begging. Let me tell you what prayer is. Prayer is not, God, help me, help me, help me. Prayer is, God, your will be done, your will be done, your will be done. Not my will, but thy will. Lord, take me, Lord, use me. And Father God, proclaim your holy name wherever it's not disliked. Here we see in verse 25, Paul puts into practice what they've learned. They've learned how to persevere. Paul's not complaining. Paul's not whining. He just got beaten with rods. We complain if the air conditioner's out. We complain if the heater's off. We complain if we don't have padded shoes. Here's Paul and Silas in jail, in prison, with their feet in the stuck. Their hands are chained to the very wall. The Bible tells us they begin praying. They're persevering, they're praying. But at midnight, all the silence were praying and singing hymns. Oh, by the way, the prisoners were listening. We're going to come back to them. You can probably see where we're going in today's message. We need to learn to persevere. We need to learn to pray. And we need to learn how to pray God. They began singing at midnight. Now, check it out. Check it out because I'm giving you a recipe. I don't often do that because I'm a Baptist preacher. Don't you? What happens when I give recipes? Well, I either burn what I'm cooking or it comes out raw. <laughs> I'm giving you a recipe here. This is a biblical recipe. We need to learn to persevere as individual Christians when the world comes against us. Persevere. Don't stop. Don't quit. Don't give in. Don't say, oh, you must be right and I'm wrong. That's not what God called you to do. The God never called us to lose. He called us to win. He said to 
the gates of hell will never, ever, ever triumph over his church. Somewhere down the line, we think the church is called to be losing. Wrong. We're not here to lose. We are here to win. We're not here to whine. We are here to win. And you know what? We're supposed to be winning right now. Yet our country is voting in homosexuality. It's voting in abortion. It's trying to blame the ills of society on the fact that you say a woman can't murder her own child. Or if that doesn't bring the scriptures out to you that there will be in times that in the people will start calling good evil and evil good. I don't know what that Check it out. As we persevere and as we pray, we're going to be the church. We're going to be those Christians who hold on to greater things than me. We're going to be the one that the gates of hell will not prevail against. So we've got to start believing again that greater is he that's in me. We've got to start believing that. We've got to start practicing that. We've got to start proclaiming that greater is he that's in me. We've got to start walking boldly with confidence into the throne room of the Father. We've got to start walking boldly into this world. How many of you, just think for a minute, how many of you would have a total different opinion of Daniel if he went into the lion's den shaking at the knees? No. He goes in there persevering. He goes in there with confidence that no matter what happens, God is able to deliver them. When we start believing that greater is he that's in me, we will start persevering. We will start praying. Now look what happens when we add perseverance to greater is he. Remember, we got to start believing that. Remember, giving you a recipe. Christians got to hold on to that. Greater is he that's in me. Incidentally, if you're not a Christian, you can't say that. Greater is he that's in me because you ain't got nobody inside you. You're empty. You're broken. You're dead in your sins. You're defeated already by the devil, and you need to get saved. If you put Jesus in your heart, then greater is he between you and Jesus in the world. So let's look at what happens when we add perseverance to greater is he. Well, when you start doing that, we start enduring. Peter and John can endure the jail. Why? Because when you believe greater is he that's in me, you get saved. And when you start having faith, you can endure. Remember the Apostle Paul talking about that to the church of Philippi? He says, hey, guys. I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to be starving. I know what it's like to have clothing. I know what it's like to be naked. I know what it's like to be free. I know what it's like to be in bondage. I can do anything through Christ who strengthens me. That's endurance. He got endurance because he persevered. And his perseverance brought forth faith. And faith creates victory over the world. When he persevered, his faith was strengthened. His endurance was able to laugh, and he gained such a mess. Holy Spirit. is the best teacher in the world. How do I know that? Because I'm the young man who was dumb enough to reach out and touch the hot stove top when mom said, don't touch it, it's hot. Let me tell you, she never had to say it a second time when I burnt my finger. Nope, a few tears, and I had that settled in my mind, in my heart. I believed without a doubt that joke was hot. You could have turned it off because God just told us to wait. Nope. What's going to happen? That thing is forever hot for me. That's experience. Paul had experience now. Peter and John, when they learned to persevere, when they learned that God was able to deliver thee, and they began enduring. Oh, they began to, you know what kind of endurance Peter had? He could fall asleep, chained up to a bunch of Roman soldiers. That's some serious. 
endurance. Amen? Not only that, but he knew that God's will was going to be done. He knew that greater is he that was in him than he that was in the world. He began believing that, living that, proclaiming that, teaching that, preaching that. It didn't matter what was going to happen. All he knew was that God's will would be done and everything else would be done. Now, will you start adding the spirit to greater things than me? Now, we've got to understand um, that this is the secret of the game. You don't get to change the order of skip when you agree. Like a recipe. What happens when you skip from ingredients to a recipe? It doesn't quite come out right, does it? What happens if you don't put eggs in your cookie? And it stays pretty flat, does it? What happens when you don't put oil in your devil food chain? I'm sitting down the bottom. I'm looking around here. Excuse me. What happens when you uh, don't have enough water in your own Don't apply this gift without calling it to be a giant. 
see what God get me out of this mess. Well, really, we should learn from Peter and John. They're like, whatever. And they persevered, and the morning the door was open, out they walked, they went right back to the to go home. They went right back to preaching. What a wonderful God. So over Peter, you need to persevere. And there needs to be a bumper When we add perseverance and prayer to greater achievement, we get deliverance. Most of the Christians know that. Because we've forgotten the perseverance part. We want the deliverance part, though. God heal me, God make me new. Well, God said perseverance, perseverance, perseverance. Persevere, persevere, and then you'll experience deliverance. Sometimes when we have persevered and we've seen God in the end of the situation. Sometimes when we got back into those situations and we started persevering and the church started praising and we've seen God deliver us. Find it for the back of the church. You know, only people who are committed to doing God's will find themselves in a glass box. They find themselves in a glass box. As a man, I want to introduce you to using the Bible. He's in the book of Acts, chapter 9. Oh, give you his name, Ananias. Ananias, he's a man who is called by God to go into the Damascus room where the Apostle Paul was before he was the Apostle Paul, lay hands on him and pray and say, Brother Paul, in the name of Jesus, receive your sight. You wondered about Ananias. You don't know much about him at all. We don't know anything really but about his name, and his name is an interesting one. In fact, we come across some other Ananiases in the Bible. Remember Ananias? One in the book of Acts, early in the book of Acts, he has a wife named Sapphira, and they end up lying to the Holy Spirit and end up dying. Why? Because perseverance was not on their to do this. I tell you, if you take perseverance out of your Christianity, you're going to end up being dead. Thank you. 
guess when you walk up to that room, you're like, Lord, this guy has put many of us in jail and in prison. This guy persecuted us. It's the simplest one of death. To find a letter of evidence that says this man is worthy of death.
praising when everything is stacked against you. Start praising when you're in shame. Start praising when life looks bad. Start praising even when you feel like your prayers aren't being answered. Start praising even when you're enduring and you're not coming to an end. Start praising. Church, we got to get back to praising God. There was a great earthquake when they added praise to prayer and prayer to perseverance and perseverance to the belief that greater is he than me than Jesus in the world. They began to be the church triumphant. They began to see foundations of the prison shaken. Oh, I love that verse. Foundations of the prison. Everything that prison was built on began to be broken up. Do you want to see Satanism come to an end in your house? Do you want to see drug abuse come to an end in your house? Alcoholism, pornography. Start praising God. Our God has a way of bringing earthquakes and shakes foundations, not just the building. He breaks up the foundations they're built on. Immediately all those doors are open. Who's the message he told you about? Verse 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. I want to hand an underline them for you. Midnight. What happens at midnight? At midnight, it's representative. It's our darkest hour. Not our brightest. Remember, at noontime, we consider that our brightest part of the day, when it's the brightest. Remember in the Old West, they would go out in the middle of the town to have their gunfight at the brightest part of the day. High noon. You know what? At midnight, it represents the darkest part of the night, the darkest time. That's when we need to start praising, when it's darkest in our life. You might be going through a dark time in your life right now. Don't give up. You persevere. Don't stop praying. You keep praying. And add to your prayers of praise and watch our God send earthquakes and break foundations of what's been keeping you in prison for years. You know what else? They sang hymns to God. Not to their buddies. Not to people who look at them. Look how good I sing. I wonder how the Apostle Paul sounded. He, like me, may have sang in the key of frogs. They began singing to God. Not to their friends. Not so the people can notice them. Not for people to say, well, one of these days you're going to be a great minister. Not praying and talking to a conscience. People do that all the time. Pastor, I want to talk to you so see if I can stop you. One of these days you'll meet somebody who's had it as bad as I have, Pastor. None of us have had it as bad as Paul, but listen. Paul started praising. Midnight. He couldn't get any darker. He's in prison. No, he can't get any worse. He's got his hands chained to the wall. His feet are in the stock. He ain't going nowhere. That means if a rat or a roach crawls over him, he can't even shake it off. They were often empty cells of water, empty water changes, empty wells. They began praying to God at midnight. At midnight. They began praying to God. Singing him to God. Now, does anybody else know that? And the Bible says that. The scripture is true. See, there's another part to the praise. We need to make sure of 
there are things that puzzle us. That's all. There's a new movement nowadays. I don't want to be public. I don't want anyone to know. Pardon me? What Jesus did on Calvary was public and still proclaimed worldwide to the earth. Prayer is not supposed to be a secret lifestyle. I know you've read the scriptures that says, go into your closet and pray to your Father in secret to reward openly. And that's true. Those things are all there. But they're supposed to know what you're doing in the closet. Prayer is supposed to publicly honor God. Prayer is supposed to tell the whole world how good God has been. And let me tell you, our God has been good to us. He's delivered us from Great Britain. He's delivered us from Nazi Germany. He's delivered us from Imperial Japan. He's delivered us from socialism, communism. And right now, I'm praying He would deliver us from ignorance. Somebody say amen. God has been good to us. Right now it may seem dark, but we need to start praising. We need to keep praying. We need to keep on persevering because our God is a prison shaker, chain breaker. He's a pain taker. He is good all the time, and He is able to deliver them. We're supposed to publicly honor God. You know, oftentimes we need to start praising when we think it's not time to pray. You ever bust out the song? I'm praising God. Somebody like, it's not church right now, preaching. I'm like, yes, it is. It's always church. The gates of hell will never prevail against it. Greater Jesus in me than He that's in the world. By the stand, the Christians will listen. What do they listen to? All we know, don't stick to tell us they sing hymns to God. That means that they address God by faith. They address Him by faith. That means they pray, Dear Jesus Christ, hear me, hear our prayer, deliver us, heal us, save us, put your hands upon us, use us. And Lord God, I pray for everyone in this prison that they would hear you and become Christians today. Publicly, they called on God by God's name. They didn't do any of that, God of the universe. They didn't do any of that, great creator God. No, no, no. They called on Him personally. Our Father, who art in heaven. And they pray in His name. The Bible tells us that we need to ask in the name of Jesus. How do we do this? We come up here and give I've got my time on this stuff. Remember. Remember Jericho? Remember Jericho? I love the story of Jericho. I used to love to sing that song when I was a young Christian. Joshua took the battle of Jericho and walled and tumbled down. How did those walls come tumbling down? Well, we know. Remember, they started walking around, and the Bible says they gave a shout, and the walls were tumbling down. We don't really know what they shouted, but it's my fault. But it was a shout of praise. Hallelujah. I believe that in all my heart. For our God is good. No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I'm now come. 
commander of the host of the Lord. I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot. The place where I'm now standing We need to learn from Joshua when we get into praise time, when we come face to face with God. We got to do what Joshua did. Do you want your praise to start meaning something? Look what Joshua did. Verse 15. Joshua took his shoes off, but before he did that, Joshua fell on his face. Now Paul and Silas were chained to the walls and couldn't do that, but I guarantee you, their heads were bowed, their eyes were closed, their hearts were lifted up, and their voices began singing the praise of God Almighty. When Joshua met the commander of the Lord's host, the Bible tells us he fell on his face. You know what we call that? Reverent. Our prayers and our praise need to be reverent to God. Amen. Two. Joshua took his shoes off his feet. Verse 15, he took his shoes off his feet. There's a lot of signs and a lot of neat things that go into that, but there is something you need to hear about that. The Lord told him, take your shoes off your feet, and Joshua obeyed. If you want God to start delivering you, if you want God to hear you, then we got to start being obedient again. We need to do what God tells us to do. We need to say what God tells us to say. When he tells us, take your shoes off, take your shoes off. Going to be the church triumphant. We've got to get back to believing the greatest thing that's going to meet Jesus in the world. We've got to get back to persevering. Perseverance. Bad things happen to good people. Did you know that? Bad things happen to God's people. Did you know that? It does. It does. If you don't believe me, open my mailbox one day. See what's inside of that. But the bad news. The worst one is, is I did not win the public clearing house, you sweepstakes. But there's some good news in there. They've been trying to reach me for my automotive warranty. We got a person here. We've also got to pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray publicly. Pray publicly. That means we do it at work. We do it at school. We do it with our friends. We do it with our family. We don't just do it just Sunday morning. We do it every day. Let's go back. Bible says, 
Verse 33, immediately he and all his family were baptized. You might still be saying, Pastor, I've been praying for my family. That is my prayer for the last 10 years that they would come to know Jesus. So I want to encourage you this morning. Persevere in your prayer for them. Don't stop praying for them. Don't stop praising God for them. Don't give up. Hold on to verse 33. Not only was the jailer saved, but all his family was too. And I hold that verse dear when I think about my children who've walked away from God and said, no, it's not for me. The church isn't for me. God's people isn't for me. I hold on to that. Not only was he saved, but his entire family was. I will persevere in my prayers. I will continue to pray no matter what. And I will praise God. Thank you for my wonderful children. Hallelujah. Lord God, save them. Save them all. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. And Pastor said, Brother John, I'm going to get it right. I'm looking for a church to be a part of. There is no better church in Christ's church than what you have in I've had to say, Pastor, I am a Christian. I'm a member here. It's time for me to be obedient like Joshua. To take my shoes off of my feet. Are you willing to come today to be baptized? Whatever he's calling you to be. We're going to come today and be a part of what God's doing. We're going to close the prayer. If you spoke to you, you humble yourself while we're singing this song. Father, come down to Jesus. Thank you for this time. Take charge of it even now, Lord. If there be anyone who needs to come to know this person, Lord, if there be anyone who needs to get their heart right with you, would you anoint this now? Would you take charge right now? Would you speak to us, Lord God, and let them come? Thank you, Jesus, and we pray. Amen. Come as we sing. Have thine own way, Lord. Would you come? Would you come? Come on. Would you persevere? Get into prayer. Come and be a part of that. 
and I will help you eat some dessert, and we'll pack some two boxes together. Don't forget choir practice today, 4.30, in the choir room. Any other announcements? Anything I know about that? Seems like I'm just forgetting something today. So let's close in that word of prayer. Always like, don't forget youth group leaving out Thursday. Thank you, Jackson. Uh, leaving out Thursday at 5.45 to be in prayer for us as we depart from those dangerous territories right now. Need the Ananias to step up and help us in that. All right. The closing word of prayer. I'm going to ask Brother Stevie to be closing the prayer today, too.